This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, Chris, real quick, as we actually really before we get things started, let's actually quickly preview the Miami game coming up. Uh, just don't give up 70 and I count it as a win. That's that's all we want. That's all we that's need. That's all we want. That's all we don't need. Don't give up 70. It could be 65. But at least you didn't do what the Broncos did. Give up 69, and it'll be a nice, nice day. Nice. Let's get this sucker started. The state of North Carolina covers 53,000 square miles. It is the habitat of the feared Carolina Panthers. Get dialed in, Panthers fans, for an in-depth look at your team. Exclusive interviews. Locker room insight. Let's huddle up. For Panthers Playbook. Here are your hosts, Dennis Cox and Chris Lee. Welcome back to another episode of Panthers Playbook. That's Chris Lee. Dennis Cox here with you. Before we get into should the Carolina Panthers make some deals, make some moves, maybe shed some roster and pick up draft capital. I know Chris is shaking his head right now. We'll dive into that here in a sec. Also, the lack of synergy, but it seems like between owner, GM, head coach doesn't seem to be lining up between those three right now. Before we get into all that, make sure you subscribe. Leave us comments in the YouTube section. I know a lot of people um, have left us a lot of comments after losses, even on our Thursday episodes. Again, we have new episodes that drop every Thursday as well as after every single game. Love in the comments. Love people interacting with us, sharing your thoughts on the team. Um you might have different viewpoints than Chris and myself, and that's 100% okay. We want to hear we your thoughts, it. so let us know in the comments below. Make sure also you hit, hit that notification bell so you don't miss us anytime we drop a new episode, like we will after the Sunday game against the Miami Dolphins, which, once again, uh, it just let's just call it what it is. This Panthers team is just purely outmatched. It's not even close. It just stinks when you have four of your star- or three of your starting defensive backs and all that stuff out. I mean, even if they were all healthy, yeah. I mean, the Dolphins ain't easy against that offense, man. Like it just it feels, it feels like you know this could get ugly. And I, I yeah. just, I just really want, especially with the running problems that they already have, mm-hmm. and Mike McDaniel knows that. So like, if you put too much emphasis on trying to stop Tariq Hill and uh, trying to stop uh, Jalen Waddle. And then all of a sudden, uh, Raheem Mostert is going to be running up the middle. I mean, no HN, so at least there's there's one weapon that's missing. The Carolina Panthers don't have to worry about. But man, it just—I don't know. I, I just—I just really hope that this is at least respectable. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. And to to make it respectable, the big thing that needs to happen is the Carolina Panthers' offense needs to stay on the field. And mm-hmm. you do that by having a run game. So we're looking at you, Miles Sanders. <laughs> Yes, looking at you, Miles Sanders, <laughs> that, and that, that offense. That line. laugh from you, you, you don't believe? <laughs> yeah. No. I, you don't believe Miles Sanders can do it? Well, I think here's the thing with Sanders. <laughs> he missed a, he missed the most of the preseason, a lot of training camp with a groin injury, and he's still been listed on the injury report with that, and he's dealt with some other, like a pectoral yeah. injury and stuff as well. Yeah. I just don't think that guy's actually healthy. Um, 
But nevertheless, you gave up a lot of money or you spent a lot of money to go sign that guy, and he has yeah. not delivered at all. Um, but, yeah, staying – here's the thing. The Panthers, the only way they really have been scoring much of the season has been 11, 12-type play drives. So maybe that does work in their favor. But I also feel like, you know what, <laughs> they're going to be playing from behind, which means a lot of pass attempts for Bryce Young, which I think, honestly, if you want to look, spin it on a positive, more pass attempts for Bryce Young is just good for his development. He needs yeah. to throw the ball more. He needs to see defenses more. He needs to be in situations where he's getting a lot of pass rush on top of what he's already getting, obviously. But he needs to be in that situation. The more reps he gets throwing the football, the better it is for his development in the long run. Yeah, he's going to make a lot of mistakes. But honestly, <clears throat> this past su- this past Sunday against Detroit was his best game. Like, that's he the threw best it 41 times. this season. Yeah, he threw it 41 times, completed 25. But I, here's the thing. A lot of those completions weren't, like, behind the line of scrimmage yeah. Like wide receiver screens, right. like, and actually, there out. were some passes that were actually traveling a little bit further downfield. I'm like, let's see that a little bit more. Like, open things up. Your season now isn't about just winning games so you can make the playoffs. That ain't happening. Except that fact, everything's about the future and building, especially the development of Bryce Young. The season, the su- the success of the season is all about his development. One of the things I, I want to see too, and we've seen for the last few weeks that uh, Raheem Blackshear has not been. Um, active it's and not. so I, I think that it might behoove the Carolina Panthers to have another option that can either come out the backfield or, or run some routes that you can use yeah. uh, just to throw the defense off a little bit uh, you know just just a bit you know give a different look than what you've put on tape already so far this season or if you don't want to use Raheem Blackshear <clears throat> if there's a way you can elevate Tariq Cohen you're probably gonna have to let somebody go uh, to make that happen um, but you know, Tariq Cohen is somebody that could possibly be, you know, especially if you're you're confident in his abilities right now, getting over his ACL tear from a couple of years ago and his Achilles tear from last year. If you feel like he's he's back, then you know, like let's bring him back. Let's get him in in the game and and yeah. see if he can, you know, kind of be a game breaker for you. See if he can uh, help you out. Um, you know, give you a different look on the field. So I, I'm excited to see what they could potentially do. I just hope that there's a different, there's a different look. I, I do feel like some of the things that we were asking for before, they did that a little bit against the Lions. They gave some different looks. The offense mm-hmm. did look a little bit better uh, as a whole. Can you do that uh, though against against the Dolphins? Because now we've we've got five weeks of tape on you. There's not a lot that looks impressive. So what can we do to kind of move this thing forward and to to give some different looks and to show some more creativity? And I think this is important for, like you guys said, to try different things out. But also, yeah, you mentioned maybe dressing Blackshear or maybe elevating Tariq Cohen. Well, here's the thing. Are you actually going to play the guys that are dressed? And I say that because Terrace Marshall Jr. <laughs> was dressed for Sunday's game against Detroit Dude and he didn't realize he didn't play zero snaps, <laughs> zero snaps. And yeah. I'm like, wait a second here. You have this guy. Now he doesn't now. Now here's the thing. Terrace Marshall Jr. Doesn't play special teams, which I think it's also can be a little bit to his detriment that he doesn't yeah. do that. So he doesn't cover kick, doesn't return kicks. So he played zero offensive snaps. I could have stood there on the sideline, looked great in a uniform, and not play like just going through warm-ups and just stand that's it and now here's that this kind of ties in a little bit with the cohesion that we get from front office and sideline and also maybe frank reich just doing too much right now because frank oh. reich was asked about it earlier this week and he's oh. like 
yeah, I didn't even think about it. I should have played. I'm like, well, if you didn't have, if you didn't put so much on your plate, try and just literally just control everything, play calling offensively and all that stuff. Maybe you remember, oh yeah, maybe actually, hey, let's get Terrace Marshall Jr. in there. Let's actually run a four wide receiver set at some point. You didn't even do that. So that's the thing is that you're not even using all your guys. Now, when Jonathan Mingo is out the week before against Minnesota, Terrace Marshall Jr. was that third wide receiver playing in his spot. Caught a few passes, but this guy's a former second-round pick in his third year, and he literally just stood on the sidelines for an entire game. So is he part of your future? Like, is he part of your now? Is he part of your future? I, I bring this up because there are a lot of questions of should the Carolina Panthers start moving on from some of these young guys? Yeah. If you're not going to use them, if they're not part of your now and they're not going to be part of your future – the what are they doing standing on your roster? Well, j- just to really just go back a little bit so we can sure. get towards the the, <clears throat> the new uh, uh, discussion. Um, I, I do think that maybe after the bye week, maybe Frank Reich doesn't give it up right now. After the bye week, you really have to like consider giving up that play calling. Oh, 100%. Just to, just to give yourself a different look because we've seen through six weeks uh, that it hasn't worked, and I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I'm not expecting if the Carolina Panthers happen to win against the Dolphins, okay, that's a bonus because they get a win. I'm not expecting it, though. And so now if you go into the bye week 0-6, something clearly is not working. And, Frank, obviously you can't manage the clock, manage timeouts, no. um, manage your, your roster and who's playing and who's not. If even if they are elevated and activated for for the game and call plays, you you clearly can't do it all. So let's give something up to Thomas Brown. Let's give him a shot yeah. because if you thought that he was good enough to be a, a offensive coordinator, he should be good enough to call plays uh, during the game. Uh, but okay, now you wanted to go towards yeah, uh, who should be on the roster, who shouldn't be on the roster. Okay, so you have guys that are on your roster and this I'll even tie in when you mentioned Thomas Brown why'd you bring the guy in if you're not yeah. going to really use the guy yeah. that's, that's you know why, why why'd you hire the guy yeah. if you're not going to actually use him to his maximum so Terrace Marshall Jr stands on the sideline during the game with all the injuries in the secondary for the Carolina Panthers Jeremy Tim plays 18 defensive snaps 18 Crazy. defensive snaps against the Detroit Lions Crazy. with all the injuries they have at linebacker and in the, in the secondary. That dude only plays 18 snaps. Is he part of your now and is he part of your future? Because we've heard Scott Fitterer say that we love Jeremy Chan. We want him to be part of the future, but the guy, your coaches aren't even playing him. So what is it? This is where I talk about lack of synergy between front office and coaching staff. Yeah. What, what, they're not. They're clearly not on the same page. No. They're clearly not on the same page. So if you're, if, you're not going to have Jeremy Chin as part of your future. He's eligible to be a free agent after this offseason, or this coming offseason, I should say. Move on from him. If that's the case, if, if, if he's not going to be part of your future, I don't want Jeremy Chin to go. But if, he, if you're just going to let him walk for free after this season and you get nothing, then what are you doing? That's my, that's my big thing. If, if this guy is not going to be, if he doesn't fit in the defensive scheme, the coaches do not want to play this guy then you have to move on from him. Yeah, I don't care if you get like a third or fourth round pick or something like that, but guess what? This team needs draft picks drastically, right? If Jin's not going to be part of your future, if, Ter- if Terrace Marshall's not going to be part of the future, maybe another team's like, you know what? We can use a big body receiver. Let's take a flyer on a guy that's still on a rookie contract. 
will give up a seventh round pick for Terrace Marshall Jr. If he's not going to be part of your future, then you need to start moving on from these guys. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, when you brought this up. I hate saying it. As much as I hate saying it, I do not want these guys to go. I'm going to put that caveat out there. Yeah. But you might need to get draft capital. You got to look for the next three years. When you when you brought this up, I was thinking that you're going towards Brian Burns, and I was going to say absolutely not. Um, but as, as far as those guys, um, I I would 100% agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's and that's only because you know basically the same reasoning. If you're not going to use them the way that they could be, I mean we've we've seen that under Phil Snow, and and I never thought I'd come on here and, and you know praise Phil Snow. After Jiro Evero came in and took over, but Phil Snow knew how to use Jeremy Chin, and he put Jeremy Chin in positions to win. And uh, Jeremy Chin was basically kind of like that X factor guy, and you kind of wondered like if the the secondary, if if the other parts of the secondary, if the corners could stay healthy, if J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson could stay healthy then, you know, what it would be like if you could just use Jeremy Chin to kind of roam around and be that guy who can who can be just the person that's going to give the offense fits because you just don't know where he's coming from or what he's going to do against you. Yeah. Uh, he could be that guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. At least get something for him if you're, if you're not going to use him. Uh, there have been some fans, though, that was talking about the, whole, the possibility of, of, of trading Brian Burns, and I say no. And the mm. reason why I say no is when has the Carolina Panthers over the last couple of years shown what they could do with a when you, when you trade a superstar? When you have a superstar in your possession, what has come from it? Now, we've got Bryce Young. That's good. Sounds good. DJ Moore, cool. Yeah. Same thing with Christian McCaffrey. He's gone. You had other superstars that you've you've squandered. What has come from it? Have the Carolina Panthers been better since then? Now, long term, maybe they'll be better. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're talking about like this team has been going through years of losing. This team has not been to the playoffs since 2017. They have not had hope since Cam Newton got hit by TJ Watt in 2018. That season was actually going pretty good until then. Yeah. Carolina Panthers ha- haven't shown me that they can handle losing a superstar like that and, and and there's something good that can come from it some some teams can take a, a star like that and trade it uh trade them and get some value and and get something else back and it's automatically boom it's 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 there i've yeah. not seen that from the carolina panthers yet so right now uh you need to figure out what you need to do to sign uh brian burns keep him on that roster and you know i'm probably probably gonna end up having to uh to tag him at the end of the year but keep him on that roster as much as you can because you can't afford to lose uh, anything else. Like, I don't care what first-round picks come with it. Scott Fitter, you ain't showing me that you could you could really handle this yet. Yeah. I don't even know if you're going to be around after this season. But well, you haven't shown me you can handle this yet. 
Yeah, so we need that... to keep as much as that as possible. But when it comes down to Jeremy Chen and um, and, and Terrace Marshall Jr., I 100% agree with you. If, if you're not going to use them, let's at least get something for them. I don't want them to go. Yeah. Along with you, do not want them to go, especially Jeremy Chen. But if you're not going to use them. Then make moves. Then make the moves. Now, make some moves. Scott, uh, let's say uh, Frank Reich was asked earlier this week, our friend Vashti Hurt from Carolina Blitz. Uh, she asked the question to, to Frank Reich about what conversations have been like with David Tepper, the owner. And Tepper says... And he said that Teppers wants to win. He wants to win right now. He wants to have a winning product on the field right now. So, okay, he wants to win right now. But clearly, I think that Fitterer wants to try and build for the future. And this is, again, where things aren't lining up. Tepper even said when they drafted Bryce Young, oh, we don't need to have great receivers. He's going to elevate everybody, right? Because he's going to do all these different things. That's a tough ask for a rookie quarterback. It's a separate conversation. And we've had that convo. But now we hear the, the rumors over the last couple of weeks that the Carolina Panthers are looking for a top-tier wide receiver. It's like, well, wait a second. You said you didn't need it, but now you're searching for it. Mm -hmm. Oh, we want Brian Burns and these guys long-term, but yet you can't work out a deal. Mm -hmm. So, like, what you're asking for and what you want isn't lining up with what you're doing. This is where I say things aren't on the same page from owner, GM, down to head coach. And we've even heard the conversations of Frank Reich really wanted C.J. Stroud. Fitterer and Tepper really wanted Bryce Young. So there hasn't even been synergy from the get-go. Your four most important pieces of your franchise, owner, GM, head coach, quarterback. It's not and those four guys alignment. are not on the same page It's not in alignment. All. It's not. It's not. Those things have to be lined up. I always say, we're the state of North Carolina. We love pro wrestling, you and I, Chris. That's your four horsemen. Your quarterback better be your Ric Flair. Everything revolves around him. That dude's the star. Your head coach and GM... They need to be Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. That's a tag team because they got to figure out the roster and do all that other mm -hmm. stuff. But it's all supporting Frank Reich, or it's all supporting uh, Ric Flair, in this case, Bryce Young. Then there's the original, the Ollie Anderson, who was just kind of in the background a little bit, but needed to step up and support when needed. That's the roles those guys need to make. But everything yeah. was about the star, right? Everything was about Ric Flair. Everything revolved around him. Everything needs to revolve around Bryce Young. Everything you need to do right now is for the future. This team is not set up to win next year they're just not they're not even set up to win this year they're not even set up to win next year you need to start thinking about all right how can we win in 2025 that's and the thing here, here's 2025. something here's something that cam newton said re, uh recently uh, mm -hmm. i think it was on the rg3's podcast yeah um he was saying that you know bryce young it doesn't have the the necessary pieces around him we all know that yeah but he said Br bryce young in five years and year in year number five probably can take this roster and win with it. But right now he he can't do that because he's a rookie. And so and and so I, I do think that next year if if you have some of these pieces, some of these same pieces, of course you need to like get better across the board. Mm -hmm. Uh I, I do think you could kind of squeak out uh, you know a few more wins just because it'll be just another year and guys can kind of get into it and get it get a groove with it. Um but you're not set up across the board because of that synergy that you were talking about um it doesn't feel the panthers don't feel organized and they haven't felt organized for a while and that's one of the things that we were complaining about under matt rule and it felt like it was matt rule's fault yep. but now that matt rule's not there and the panthers still feel unorganized well who's the common denominator in all that tepper now 
we've been supposed to we were supposed to get a new practice facility but by now that was kind of a, a mess right let's huh. remember that whole thing rock hill we were supposed to have a plan towards winning and getting a quarterback of the future after cam newton uh and that took a while and we were supposed to have a bridge in teddy bridgewater and teddy bridgewater just kind of became the first in the long line of just replacements until we got Bryce Young. What is going on, David Tepper? Like That's, this is this is really just about him. Like I, I understand you want to win, but you can't make rash decisions like this. And it's just to me, it's just funny that somebody who made their made their money from a hedge fund who you have to make smart, calculated decisions on what's going on in the market and time things out the right way has horrible timing and trying to put together a, a roster and learning how to wait things out, Teddy Bridgewater, and learning how to have the right timing and when to acquire assets. Like that's a huge part of, of winning when you're a trader in the stock market. And mm -hmm. I just don't understand like, I mean, I know the NFL is something different, but it's like, None of that is, is, is like, none of those skills seem to be like coming over into the NFL with him being an owner. And so it makes me wonder if he is just, if he's just has his hands in it way too much. Oh yeah. 100%. Like, like back up a little bit, you know, and maybe Scott Fitterer isn't the guy to, to do it on his own. You need a GM that can come in and handle everything on their own and you just back the hell up and let it happen. And wherever you need to interject, you interject, but let them do their job. Because so far, you have not done a great job as an owner. Because this place still looks disorganized. By the way, the Carolina Panthers are tied for the worst win percentage since 2019 in the NFL. Just saying. Just saying. With it's interesting. The Jets. Uh, I, the Jets and Jags. And the Jaguars the Jag organically got the number one overall pick two years in a row. Go figure. Uh, crazy two things real quick tepper used to be a, a minority owner where the pittsburgh steelers Steelers. a framework of stability in the nfl right a framework of stability in the nfl I'm like i'm sorry did you learn nothing did you not pay attention to anything it's funny because also you know who the owner of the cleveland browns is the haslam family jimmy haslam also used to be minority owner of the pittsburgh steelers go figure right it's amazing just how sometimes, you know what? People just refuse not to learn because ego gets in the way. Simply put, ego gets in the way. And I think Tepper wants to win now. He clearly wants to win now. And he's willing to, to try and do anything he can to get that quick microwave fix. Sorry, ain't going to work that way. Not how this league is going to work. No. Look at the team you just lost to, the Detroit Lions. Funny how things have built up in year three under Dan Campbell because they let the process play out. I'm not trying to go Philadelphia 76ers here, but they had a plan and they saw it through. It's amazing how much this team has sacrificed and give it up to try and just win and for, right now. And for what? Exactly. What have you gotten out of it? You've gotten nothing. You've traded nothing. 11 picks and DJ Moore to fill one position over the last three years. That's Bryce Young for quarterback. That's what you've done because you thought you could win right now. That's why I don't trust them trading anybody else because what is it going to amount to? Uh, nothing. Here's one question I have for you, Chris, right now. This week, so it was on Tuesday of this week, October 10th, 
the one-year anniversary of Matt Rule getting fired of the Carolina Panthers head coach. One year. I asked you this question, Chris. Are the Carolina Panthers better right now one year after firing Matt Rule than they were when they Matt Rule got fired? Are they better right now than they were a year ago? I'm legit asking that question. Is this where we're at now? I, I, I've, been, I've been avoiding this. I've been avoiding this because I, I see people online and they're just like, man, we could have we could have still had Matt Rule for all this. <laughs> what we're going through, Matt Rule would have at least gotten us one win by now. Um, No, the Carolina Panthers are not in a better position as far as um, the team and their performance. Um, I'm not advocating for Matt Rule to still be that coach. Me, me either. Yeah. At the end of the day, I would love to be, you know, continue to make fun of Matt Rule. You know? No, I'm not trying to push for that. I, I don't want that either. Uh, but as far as the team and their on the field performance, um, no, I, I, I don't. I don't think the team is is in a better position. Do I think that there is a, a greater outlook for the future of the team right now versus maybe last year at this time? Right as Matt Rule, I, I think there is a better outlook because of Bryce Young. Yeah, that is that is probably the only reason why. Um, just because like now you actually have a quarterback and that's the one thing that Matt Rule never had was a quarterback. Uh, but no, <laughs> no, that's such a hard question to answer. No, it's, actually, question it's, answer. it's not a hard. It's not a hard. It's, it's, it's an easy answer. No, they're not better, which is just sad, which is pathetic because Matt rule stunk. And guess what? Now you're even worse. I haven't that's been all. paying attention the last few weeks. Has he gotten a win at, at Nebraska yet? They still over. He got, got a couple so far. He's got a couple. Yeah. Okay. I, I stopped paying attention after they lost to Colorado. I think Nebraska also stopped paying attention to the loss of Colorado. <laughs> we'll have another episode of Panthers Playbook for you all after Sunday's game against Bring the on Miami the bye Dolphins. week. Yes. Bring on the bye week. Hey, you we know what? It. Panthers aren't going to lose week seven. That's all I'm going to say. That's hey, listen. We'll count that as a win, baby. Oh, we'll take anything that we can get right now. All right, that's going to wrap things up again. Make sure you leave comments, subscribe, hit the notification bell as well. That way you do not miss any of the content that we put out. We'll see you Sunday after hopefully a respectable game against the Dolphins. Hey, 69 or less. 69 nice or less. Nice day. Be a nice day. Be a nice day.